Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in. Our mission is to get you and ourselves out of our comfort zone to explore because that is where real growth takes place. We want to take you along with us on our next adventure. Find out how by going to sirensoapbox.com. Click dive in and explore to learn more. Welcome to our fourth installment of the mystery episode series. Tonight, TC is hosting our mystery episode. All we have to go on is our soapbox question, which is reflect on the conversations you typically have in a day. What percentage is talk that is small talk versus heart to heart conversations? Keep track between now and recording time. When is the last time you engaged in a deep self-disclosing conversation? Explain. If you need more to write about, which are you more comfortable with? Small talk versus self-disclosure, which gets you out of your comfort zone. If at any time the conversation is too intense, the safe word is mango. mango. First up on her soapbox is Murph. I have to be honest, the last couple of weeks have been a giant blur. My mom passed away 15 days ago and it feels like most conversations I've had since then have been about her. So very heartfelt. I did learn something though, as I was making phone calls to tell people about her passing. Before she passed, my mom spent just over five weeks in the hospital. But when I called my son, who was 27, to tell him about my mom, I learned that I hadn't even told him that she was in the hospital. Now, Brandon and I have had conversations during that time, but I never told him she was in the hospital. I've spent a lot of time thinking about why that happened and I have a theory. I grew up in an environment where I heard and saw so many things that kids shouldn't be exposed to. And I vow not to raise my children the same way. So I shield them from the bullshit, we'll call it. Somewhere along the way, shielding them turned into not sharing important information with them because I don't want them to worry. Brandon isn't even a kid anymore. And I still felt the subconscious need to protect him. I do the same thing with other people in my life. I feel like I have a lot of surface conversations because feelings make me uncomfortable or more accurately, the thought of people not liking me as much after I share something intimate with them makes me uncomfortable. Mark and a few of my girlfriends do get to have heartfelt conversations with me from time to time though. And I belong to a movie club at work where we sometimes get down and dirty with our feelings. I've spent a lot of time lately having truly heartfelt conversations with my sisters. I don't know. The more I think about it, I probably have more heart to heart type conversations than I give myself credit for. And small talk does feel awkward most of the time. So after that very long winded explanation, I think I'll land on having more surface conversations than heart to hearts. Sarah, what's your conversational style all about? Well, I have about a thousand million conversations every day at work. And I can tell you right now that for the most part, they're all business. There's hardly even time for fun small talk some days. I'm constantly bombarded with questions, issues, decisions to make and problems to solve. So sometimes I can get irritated when someone at work sits down and just wants to chat. Because if I have a moment of quiet, 
I really want that moment of quiet. But I do work with a fun group of folks and we do chat. We also do things outside of the workplace and I have heart to heart talks with a fair number of the people that I work with that I consider to be good friends. It certainly doesn't happen every day though because our work days just don't allow for it. At home, we can get pretty busy too. Getting home from work and school, taking care of uh, things for the evening, getting ready for the next day and all of that. I do like to make a point of engaging my youngest in conversation about his day at school. He's a freshman, but as, it, as you can imagine, that usually ends up being pretty superficial unless he has something cool he wants to tell me. I do enjoy our time together in the car on the way home though. He's kind of a captive audience then. My oldest is pretty cool. He calls me every day on his way home from work, even if he's just on his way home. He sometimes wants to tell me something cool that happened at work. And sometimes it's just to tell him he's on his way home. But I really do try to stop and listen during these calls because sometimes they do turn into some pretty deep conversations. I do have to check my irritation sometimes because damn if he doesn't usually call right when I'm sitting down to chill. My daughter lives out of town, so we only talk briefly a few times a week unless she has something going on. And then she likes to talk it over with me. Um, that's kind of a, a sad story that she's not here living with me anymore. She left me, but it was about time. I realize it. Now, Bill and I have many heart-to-heart -heart conversations. I'm so lucky to be able to say anything and everything to Bill, and I'm pretty sure he knows he can do the same with me. We do chat about work or other not deep things, but I don't think a day goes by where we don't check in with each other and have a meaningful conversation. And I really do love that about our relationship. So self-disclosure, uh, deep heart-to-heart -heart conversations, they don't really get me out of my comfort zone, but that could be because I'm pretty careful about who I choose to have those conversations with. Right, Sirens? Right, right here. Jess, what about you? Well, I love having deep conversations one-on-one -on -one with people. I'm good at small talk because I have to be for my job as you know, a call center supervisor, but I prefer to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and listen. I feel really good when people trust me enough to really open up and I try to just listen when they're talking. I don't have deep conversations often, but that's also why I prefer hanging out with friends in small groups. In large groups, I feel like it's hard to really have meaningful conversations. Not that I mind large groups every now and again, but it's just not my preference. And paying attention over the last few days, I have pretty much only talked to Ben <laughs> since it's just the two of us. And I don't know if we've really had any deep conversations, but we do talk a lot. We have all sorts of conversations covering topics from bodily functions to what we want to happen to us after we die. But we got really good at talking when I was in school eight hours away, and that's all we could do every night. But... I uh, am super curious where TC is going with this. So I'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to LC so we can get going. Well, as you may suspect, the Connolly family is very curious and we go down some rabbit holes quite often. From the time we were given this challenge to recording, here are some of the more notable heart to heart conversations that we've had. Like what really is Bigfoot, an ape-like creature? demon, Nephilim, or something else. This was brought up when we were debating whether or not to meet strangers in the middle of the night at an unknown location with our expensive thermal camera in search in the deep woods of the elusive Sasquatch. My vote was uh, meeting strangers is probably more dangerous than the beast itself, and that meeting people off the internet would have been frowned upon when we were growing up. Other topics include, if aliens lived on our planet, 
would they be treated better or worse than we treat each other? Colors on the map meaning different things in different areas of the world. How saying you're enough can be damaging. And in archaeology, at what point in history is it acceptable to dig up remains for research? And when does it cross the line to grave robbing? I'm not really sure that those topics are considered a heart-to-heart -heart or really self-disclosing, but they're not really topics you'd probably bring up at the grocery store with the attendant that is scanning your groceries. We work from home, so when you see the same people every day, it's kind of hard to have small talk. Everything's kind of deep. However, I find small talk to be the worst, like talking on the phone for one thing. It's hard for me to pick up on social cues and to focus at all on the phone. I find it difficult when small talk is over and awkwardly end the conversation. The other thing, small talk feels really fake. It's kind of like just filling the time or getting along with pleasantries. And typically it's about topics I don't really care about, like sports, weather, or whatever. I'm curious what heart to heart we're going to have with your mystery episode, TC. Well, you're going to find out soon. What I've noticed is that almost all of my talk is small talk. I remember a friend of mine once saying that we only chat about things that don't matter. At first, when she said this, I was confused by it. I never really thought about it before. It seems like heart-to-heart -heart conversations happen more often when something is wrong. You know, someone did something or said something that hurt your feelings, so you have to have a heart-to-heart, -heart, or you're worried about the decisions a loved one is making. Heart-to-heart -heart conversations require more brain power. You have to think about what you're going to say and how you feel about things. It also requires more vulnerability. You're risking the judgment of others about something that really matters. There are times that small talk is exhausting too. I don't know why some people are easier to talk to than others, but sometimes small talk feels like bobbing for apples in an empty barrel. Over the last couple of days, most of my conversations have been small talk. There have been some quick dips into the heart-to-heart -heart category, but nothing super deep. If heart-to-heart -heart is a dive, then I'd say I've been snorkeling a few times over the last couple of days. The last time I engaged in deep, self-disclosing conversation, while many of our soapboxes can probably fit this description, Dino and I talk a lot, my brother and I have deep conversations, and I disclose everything to him. I feel like I'm lucky to have so many people to dive deep with. And I wonder if the average person is as lucky in this area as I am. So today, the sirens are going to play a game where we all do a little self-disclosure. Oh, great. On, uh, <laughs> on uh, the Greater Good in Action website from Berkeley, there, is, there are a bunch of different activities that are supposed to increase your well-being. One of them is called 36 Questions for Increasing Closeness. We're not going to answer all 36 tonight. Here's what their website says. To feel more connected, skip the small talk and ask these questions instead. Building close relationships in adulthood can be challenging. Many social situations call for polite small talk not heart-to-heart -heart conversations, making it difficult to really connect deeply with people. One way to overcome these barriers to closeness is by engaging in reciprocal self-disclosure. That is, reveal increasingly personal information about yourself to another person as they do the same to you. Research suggests that 
that spending just 45 minutes engaging in self-disclosure with a stranger can dramatically increase feelings of closeness between you. In some cases, these feelings of closeness persist over time and form the basis of a new relationship. So that's what we're gonna do. Here's how it works. There are three sets of questions and they get increasingly personal as they go. When you do the real activity with someone, Dino and I played this game one day driving down the road. You set a timer for 15 minutes and you spend 15 minutes in each set. And you ask as many questions taking turns as you can until the 15 minutes is up. You both answer every question. So the way we're gonna do this is I'm gonna set a one minute timer for each question. I'll ask all the questions, but we'll go in soapbox order on who answers first. So the very first round, Murr will answer first. Um, soapbox order was Murr, and then who? Sara. Sara. Then Jess. And Jess. Elsie. And then TC. Thank you. You're okay. Welcome. So I'll set a timer for one minute after I ask the question. And uh, that's how long you'll have to answer. And if that doesn't work, then we'll adjust for round two. Are we ready? Yes. All right. Here's the timer. You'll hear it go off. Here's the first question. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? Gomer. I will rehearse what I'm going to say on business calls. I'll rehearse it in my mind. If I'm just getting ready to call a friend, I probably don't have a, a practice conversation, but if I need to take care of something, I almost always do because I want to make sure that I don't sound like a freaking idiot when I get on the phone with the person that I'm talking to. If I, especially if I like need to ask for something or, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm clear in my, uh, in my ask or in, in what I'm trying to relay, if I'm trying to relay information. So yeah, I do have practice conversations. Sometimes I have the conversation both ways and that's really unhelpful. Just FYI, you can't predict what someone else is gonna say, no matter how much you want to. All right, so I have seven seconds left. Jess, it's up to you. Or no, Sara, I'm the one who knows the soapbox order. Um, I typically don't rehearse a conversation because, you know, usually when I'm calling someone, it's one of those superficial, I just need to pass on some information or find something else. But if it's going to be something significant um, where there may be some controversy or if I need to get an emotional point across or if I'm feeling a certain way about something and I feel like I'm going to be met with, well, it's going to be met with um, some sort of anger, dissension or something. And I have a tendency to shut down and I will no longer get my point across. I find that if I have written out my, my thoughts and have rehearsed them a little bit, I can get them across and be a little less emotional. So in circumstances like that, I will actually not just rehearse, but I will have to write it down. And sometimes I will have to actually read it because I can't get my thoughts across if I am trying to just ad lib. And there you go, Jess. Yeah, I very often rehearse, especially when I'm having to um, have a supervisor conversation at work um, with 
whether it be with a customer or somebody on my team, uh, I rehearse just so I don't say um, or so a lot. <laughs> um, but personal conversations now, because I usually have a reason why I'm calling. I most of the time I'm on the phone, it's because I need to call an angry member or um, a like right now I'm making lots of calls about the house and stuff like that. So I know what I, I need and what I have to say. So, yeah, I don't know so much rehearses, just know what I'm going to say. So Elsie. Uh, for sure. I rehearse before I make a phone call. First of all, I absolutely hate making phone calls. And if there is a way that I can order it online or, uh, go in person or do something to avoid that damn phone or do a text message. Even I do that before making a phone call. And I think about it. Usually when you're making a phone call, there's some technical stuff to it, like numbers and stuff like that. I am very forgetful. I have ADHD and dyslexia. So I write down all my numbers and dates before I call to make sure that I have covered all my bases. And if I have a question to ask, I write it down. I have pen and paper ready with me. So I always do that to make sure I, I get everything covered. But for the most part, I avoid the phone at all costs. <laughs> I also avoid phone calls at all costs. If we're calling to order food, then I'll ask the person I'm with to call and order the food. I'll send text messages. I do all of the above. Um, sometimes when I send a text message, I read it out loud to Dino first, or sometimes before I send a Facebook message, I'll read it out loud to a friend or send it to a friend and say, how does this sound? Because uh, I don't always sound nice. I'm really blunt and to the point. And sometimes that just doesn't sound nice in a text message. So if I'm going to call someone, sometimes I'll make like little bullet point notes on a pad of paper because I don't like calling people. So sometimes I'll just get into the phone call and forget half of what I wanted to say or what I wanted to know. So I do bullet points before I make phone calls. Yep. All right. How the minute feel? I felt good. I don't think we need yeah. more than a minute. No, I don't no. either. Okay. We might when they get more personal, but oh, okay. second question. And this time, Sara, you will answer first. What? Yeah, then, um, that's, that's right, Sara. <laughs> I'm not going first all the time. And Mer, you did you'll such go, a good job. I'll go last. You'll go last after me. Okay. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I am so glad I'm going last. <laughs> I'm going to need a whole minute to think about that. Um, ability or quality? Can hmm. this be like superhero stuff like that doesn't exist? Mind Maybe. reading. Oh, no way. I think mind reading. You want to tell why? Oh, wait, was this a two-part question? Why? No, it know. wasn't, but that's like a one answer question isn't great. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess because I always wonder if people are being genuine. And I think I would love to know if the people that I'm talking to are actually being genuine. It's something that I've, I've, I've struggled with since I was a kid when I remember being in school and hearing a kid say that they were just pretending to like me to another kid because they, and I, so I've always wanted to know if people are being genuine. So I'd like to be able to meet, read minds. Wow. Can I, can I 
can I counter that for a second before we move on? I feel like it is none of my business what people think about me. Because if I worry too much about what people think about me, it kind of ruins my, I don't know, my mood and a whole lot of Mm -hmm. stuff. So that I try to live by that theory. Oh, no, I agree 100%. In in theory. Yeah, I would I bet not, not so much. I would I bet not want to got her. I bet if Sarah got her wish by the end of the day, she'd be like, take it away. I don't want to know. <laughs> and as, as the queen said, it, it's the queens that said that too. It's it's not my business. I don't care. Not my business oh, what true. you think. Yeah. Yeah. But, All right. Jess, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? If we're saying superpower stuff, then I'm going to say teleport it would be really awesome to just go wherever I want and then be back and not have to pay for plane tickets or drive a car. Um, let's, let's try to answer it with something that's actually real right now. But mind reading, is that real? I don't know. According to uh, how to think like a mind reader, maybe not. Okay. I don't care. We don't have to have rules. <laughs> if we're going actual ability, um, I don't know, maybe like just better with numbers and accounting kind of stuff. I feel like I could probably, I don't know. Rule the world. Be better with money that way. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So then if I, if I have to amend mine to be more realistic, it would be so that uh, my new ability would be to actually not care what other people think. Oh, I like that. I love that. I like it. All right, Elsie pressure's on so if we're going like real life bulvering it would be to speed read and be able to like god i wish i could just plug in to the matrix like neo and just absorb information in 30 seconds and be super smart but if we're going not real life i would want to teleport like jess said because then if it's cold i could just go to the beach or if i you know want to see something cool and travel the world. I don't have to go on a plane because spoiler alert, I hate planes, <laughs> which is going to be a problem in a month when I come to visit TC. So I would love to avoid being in a plane or maybe I guess real life flying my own plane so I can have that control. All right. Um, real world skills. I would really like to remember things like people's names. If I could just magically remember people's names and things that they tell me about themselves, then I maybe I could be a, a bartender. And that would be such a fun job to have. <laughs> I would really love to be able to remember people's names and the things they tell me. If we're going um, not real, I would love to be able to fly without any kind of apparatus, just flap my, my arms and fly. That would be amazing. Cause I just think that would be an incredible feeling of freedom. And I could go places hopefully faster than running. Plus I don't like to run. So flying would be very handy. I could jump off really high places and act like I'm falling like Jonathan Livingston Seagull. That would be really cool. That's what I would do. So I, um, would love to be able to fly as well. Even though I am terrified of heights, somehow I feel like it might be better if I'm actually in control of it. Um, for real life skills, there are a lot of things that I could pick for this. Um, but I think that 
if I, I wish that the question was, what would you get rid of? Because I would lose being a procrastinator. So maybe that means that I would gain um, being more self-motivated. I don't know if that's like a, I guess that's a quality. I think that that's what I would change about myself. If I could wake up with that tomorrow, that'd be awesome. All right. We're ready for set two of the questions. And I'm going to, we're going to stick with a minute because I think that worked really well. Yeah. Um, this time, first up is Jess. And the question is, what do you value most in a friendship? Oh, gosh. I don't like this going first stuff. <laughs> uh... I value friends who don't make me go first. <laughs> um. I guess loyalty, I guess, just cause I'm, I'm very loyal and, you know, I, I don't like having to worry about people's motivations and if they, if they like me or if they're just needing me for something, I don't know, I'm very insecure. So, um, probably loyalty. see kind of reminds me of the um the love language thing and i'd have to say time and uh spending time checking in i'm not very good at that myself because of the whole adhd thing if i don't hear from you i forget you exist and it's not personal <laughs> it's just my brain is doing other things uh so i you know having text messages and time really is a value to me. I don't really know what else. <laughs> Spending time is a good one for me. I think the thing I value the most is a friend who accepts me for who I am because I have a lot of shortcomings um, I don't remember birthdays. I'm not overly thoughtful about things. There are times I'm very lacking in communication um, because I know how I'm feeling. So <laughs> I sometimes forget that not everyone else does. Um, but I, you know, I have some friends that know me for who I am and they accept all of those crazy little idiosyncrasies about me. And then I don't ever have to worry that they're mad because I didn't say happy birthday or they're upset because I wasn't very thoughtful about something. I want to be thoughtful and I'm quick to apologize when I need to, but it's nice to know when I have friends who just accept me for who I am. For me, it would be honesty. And I mean like brutal honesty, sort of along that same vein, TC, if I hurt your feelings, I really just want you to tell me that. And if you hurt my feelings, I really just want to be able to tell you that. And if I'm acting like a moron or if I'm being a psycho stalker, I need someone to be honest with me and tell me that. Of course, that doesn't happen. I'm not a psycho stalker. I'm just a regular stalker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my point is that I just, that that's what I value the most. I just need people to be completely bluntly honest with me. Zara? Um, I would, I value honesty as well. Um, 
I feel like sometimes to a fault, um, I am honest um, and that's what I like to get in return. Um, and I feel like there's nothing that disappoints more than finding that somebody is not being honest um, for whatever reason. I mean, even if they're just trying to not hurt your feelings, it, uh, there's, there, you can't have trust if you know somebody's not gonna be honest with you. Um, so I, I think honesty is invaluable. Invaluable? Valuable. Hmm. It's valuable. It's, it's quite valuable. You can't put a value on it. All right, there we go. Invaluable. Jeezel. But Thank yet you. it's also really valuable. Yeah, yeah. It's all the things. <laughs> it's all the things and everything. It's so Thing valuable by being yes. invaluable. <laughs> I value friends who can play word games with you. <laughs> all right, question number two. And this time up first is LC. Yeah, yeah. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living and why? Well, I've talked about it a lot on this show, but I don't know if anybody knows this. I got struck by lightning <laughs> and that was very much a, uh, holy shit, I could have died just then. And every day since then has been, um, you, you gotta, you gotta live your life because you don't know, like shit can fall from the sky and you're gone. Um, and I bring this up too, because our friend Laura that we had on that interpreted dreams, she died the day before I got struck by lightning. So every day since I've been struck is a day extra that she never gets. And I think about that a lot and you gotta, live every day like you're like it's your last tc my mom and dad both died young and my dad died very suddenly he was hit by a truck and i didn't get to the hospital in time to see him my mom died suddenly in that we were told over and over by doctors she would get better and then she didn't um so it was sudden since then i have really tried very hard to live like this day is the day that matters the most because in reality it is but when I think about this question if I knew I was going to die suddenly one year from today I would quit my job right now and I've been toying with the idea and I know that it is changing me for the worst the worst um, in not good ways so I would, I guess I'm not really living up to my own philosophy of never say someday. That's what I would change. You know, TC, it's funny that you say that because the very first thought I had was I would quit my job and I do love my job. So I'm in a different position than you, but it's not my passion. So I would quit that job. I would hurry up and try to become a cartoon character so that I would have a voice legacy, although this podcast is a voice legacy, right? And I would visit my family more. I mean, we have family from out of town that came in. My, as you remember, my mom just died. So we got to see people that we haven't seen. And I mean, literally some of my cousins I haven't seen in 15 years. So it was 
it was really nice to see those people and to spend time with those people. And I would try to do more of that, just spending time with people I love and creating cartoon characters. What about you, Sarah? Well, the first part of my answer is um, the very honest, real gut reaction that I had when I first heard the question, which was, shit, I better get on that death file that I've been trying to do that has all of the information in it so that my family has knows where all the shit is and they know what to do with everything. And Bill and I have been talking for like six years about our death file. Um, and I think if I knew that it was gonna happen a year um, from now, I would probably actually get on that. So that was the gut reaction was, shit, I better really get on that. Um, but then beyond that, I too would totally quit my job and man, Bill and I would be out of here so fast. We'd be on those motorcycles and we'd be doing all those trips. That's, I mean, I would, you know, the kids, I. Love you guys. Guys, we'll see you. In a, I'll be back in a couple of weeks and we'll see you and then we'll be gone again. But Bill and I would be off doing all those things that we said that we we're going to be doing over the next uh, 10 or 20 years. Only we get them done all in this next year after we got that death file done. That's the first time they cook. <laughs> uh, this one's hard because I... I would, for one, I, I have achieved my biggest dream for the last however long and moved to paradise. Um, but I would love to say that I would just quit my job and do whatever, but I live in a very expensive place and I would not want to leave just insurmountable debt for my family. <laughs> so that's the financial side of me that you know I, I work in a bank and I I can't I don't know I just can't fathom like just leaving because I, I've had to help people with loans who have had that their significant other passed away and they didn't know how to do their finances they didn't know how to deal with what was left so I, I don't know I I would like to yes realistically I don't know <laughs> So I think that in this imaginary situation, well, in my real life situation too, I have a life insurance policy that'll take care of that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave anyone high and dry either, but man, I can't imagine like spending the last year on the planet working at a job. That's not like filling and hugging your soul. I same. I mean, I would get a job, just not the one I currently have. Yeah. 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 Same. All right, we are ready for step three. And um, I, I guess I, have, I don't have to go first because I already know the question. That's not really fair. Well, so we'll you've s- answered every other question. So why <laughs> yeah. don't you just go first? So you got to go okay. first. Nice All try, right. Tracy Cole. Set three. Your house containing everything you own catches fire after saving your loved ones and pets. You have time to safely make a final dash to save one item. What would it be and why? It's you, TC. I know. (laughs) I honestly can't think of anything I would run in and save. Um, (laughs) 
I don't know, a stick and some marshmallows. I don't know what I would run in and save. <laughs> okay. Dark. So I'm just going to, I want to comment on that since you have okay. 32 seconds left. Okay. Same. And I am so fucking happy that I live my life that way. I'm I just going to say it. I don't think there's anything in here. There's a picture of my grandparents, but other people in my family have a copy of that picture. Same. I took pictures of all my pictures. Maybe I would run in to get my cell phone so I could call 911. But I I think, I think a stick and marshmallows is important because you have to do something (laughs) while it all burns. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. All right. Next. Oh, it's me. But can we just skip me since I basically answered? I think so. (laughs) Sarah? Sarah? I think the only thing that I would make sure I got was my cell phone. And for the only reason that I can't remember a single damn phone number anymore, and I might need to call a person or two to let them know my house just burned down. Mm -hmm. But honestly, um, you know, I think that I might have struggled with trying to come up with the answer to that question not too long ago. But I really think that... Uh, that minimalist challenge that has been still by far one of my favorites. And some of the messages I, I get their emails almost every day. And, and that other um, uh, be more with less, I think it mm-hmm. is. And, and I read those every day and, and I take those to heart and being more with less is just such a great feeling. Um, I really feel like as long as I had the animals, Bill, the kids, and my phone so I could call a person or two to let them know what happened, um, everything else is in the cloud, pictures. Sarah, if you're going to spend the last year of your life creating a death file, you better run in house and get your death file. <laughs> my, so It'll be um, on my phone. I'll have it all uh, in my phone. Yeah. Okay, good, good. My mom had a death file. I just want you guys to know, I went over to her house the day after she passed away and opened up her file box and she had a blue hanging folder marked funeral <laughs> and had all of her final wishes. And it was amazing. Nice. So I'm going to make a blue folder for my kids too. It's, nice. it's the best thing that you can do for your, for the family that you leave behind. So they don't have to think about anything. They don't I'm, have to wonder what you wanted. Yeah. I'm also going to pay for my entire funeral before I die. Mm, that's a good idea. Okay, wait, next is Jess. Sorry, Jess. Oh, you're okay. Gives me more time to think. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess besides cell phone, because I don't know people's numbers and I'm terrible about backing up pictures, um, I would say probably my jewelry box just because I have a lot of stuff in there that's not necessarily like fancy jewelry. It's just all like sentimental. Like, Elsie made me this one. So I don't know. I just, I have a lot of jewelry that's sentimental to me, just gifts and has a lot of meaning. So again, none of it's high value or anything. It would just be sentimental. Yeah. So that reminded me that I have my grandmother's class ring and that was something that I probably wouldn't want to lose. I'll see. So for various reasons in my life in my past I have a bug out bag with all my important things in it so I would just grab my bug out bag that has important letters that my grandparents gave me photos that I want to cherish forever that you know are from the 80s and whatever that aren't on the cloud this is assuming I have my cell phone already on me because that's on me all the time and then uh 
you guys were talking about jewelry. I just very recently, I'm like, you know what? My grandma, before she died, told me repeatedly she wanted me to have her engagement ring and I haven't worn it in years. I'm like, why am I waiting around? Why not wear it? It's gigantic, but it casts beautiful rainbows when it hits the light. So I'm like, I might as well enjoy that. So I started wearing that again. So I don't, I don't need to grab that anymore because now it's on me. So that's what I do. All right. That's everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We'll okay. start with you. Oh, okay. The second question in set three is when did you last cry in front of another person? <laughs> and when did you last cry by yourself? And so we're back to Mur. Um, this episode, I cried in <laughs> front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> And to earlier today, I cried alone again. My mom died 15 days ago and we did just bury her three days ago. So, all right, Sarah. <laughs> I don't remember when I cried in front of people. If I cried in front of, cried in front of anyone, it was in front of Bill. And I do remember doing it. I don't remember why I was crying, but I was very sad. I'm trying to remember what it was about though, but it was with Bill. Um, I can't remember what it was. Well, while you think about that, since I only spent 10 seconds, let me just interrupt and say Friday at the funeral, I was pretty robotic all day, just getting through the steps. And then I ugly cried myself to sleep Friday night. And Mark was just holding me and letting me cry. So that's a more deeper answer to that question. I felt good. Uh, Really silly. The last time I cried by myself, I was uh, deleting some pictures today and um, there was uh, the pictures of Emma as we were driving away and she was just uh, when we left her in Omaha and then there were the pictures of her in her apartment and I saw her cute face and I started crying just a little bit, which was really silly because she's just totally fine and she's only been gone like three weeks, but whatever. That was the last time I cried. And that was just um, today. Jess? So in front of someone would be Saturday. I, uh, I mean, since we're, we're sharing, I was not feeling well when Ben and I went out to watch the sunset. And um, as I started walking to the bathroom because I wasn't feeling well, I pooped myself. So oh no, <laughs> I started crying because I was not anywhere near home trying to figure out how I was going to go home and I didn't get to watch the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part. <laughs> and Ben took some really pretty pictures. It was really pretty, damn it. Um, alone was, I don't know. I was super stressed out in the last couple of weeks because of house stuff. So just, I'm a stress crier, frustration crier. So I'm sure it was something in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> For a minute, I wasn't sure what Ben was taking pictures of. And then I realized it was the sunset. Yes, not me pooping myself. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because we were going to have to stop liking Ben. So oh, we don't have no, to do he that. He was wonderful. That's I texted sure. him from the bathroom like, can you bring the car over and the beach mat that's foam so I can put it on the seat for the drive home? Oh, that's a bummer. I know. He kept, I kept apologizing. He's like, stop saying you're sorry. <laughs> Elsie, 
So the last time I cried in front of people would be when the Bengals lost the Super Bowl because that was such an intense game. And I remember when we first moved to Ohio from New York, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and everybody was so excited. And we finally got to go back and my brother and my dad actually got to go to LA and watch the game live in person. I was so happy for them to have that, you know, father son time. Like when are they going to, you know, get to do that? And I was really, my brother is, I love you, Mikey, but you're a really grumpy person. And I just, I wanted this win for you. (laughs) So it made me really, really sad. And then the last time I cried by myself, it was this week. I forget what day, like we have totally outgrown this house. And sometimes it just feels like we're on top of each other. Like Connor was getting sick, uh, his stomach back bug. And like, we're trying to run around and clean and we're bumping into each other, Jack and I, and I'm just like, I'm just so sick of everybody being on top of each other. I just need space. And it just gets really frustrating, but do we have a funner question now? <laughs> Much more funner. <laughs> They're all really self-disclosing like this. That's the small talk. All right. The last time I cried in front of another person, I think was in front of Dino. And I think I was talking about Maxton and Maxton was kind of the dog of all dogs. Like, I think, I think everyone who has dogs has one dog that is that dog. And that was Maxton. He was such a good buddy. And I can't really think or talk about him very much at all ever without crying except right now unless I keep talking about him so I'll stop um by myself all right (laughs) here's the personal one there's a particular person at my work who used to be a very good friend of mine I used to think this person was one of the best people I had ever met and I no longer think that and I've had a couple people ask me how I was blind enough to ever think that but I was and something very minor came up. There was a situation at work and I had to do something that inconvenienced her slightly. And she responded very well and was very accommodating. And later, one of my close colleagues came in and said, what did you do to so-and-so? Because she is all complaining to everyone about how she can't believe that you did blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, ah, true colors. They always come through. And then that person left. And I had that realization via emotions that this person still gets to me. And I closed my door and I cried because I once loved her. But anyway, that's the last time I cried by myself. How long ago was that? Mm, Two weeks ago, maybe. Is there another question or is that the end of it? That's the end of it. I mean, there are a lot of questions. I just picked six. So what is this? It's greater good. Yeah, it is called um, greater Greater good good in in action. In action. Yeah. And it's um, put out there by Berkeley. So it's um, ggia.berkeley.edu. And then they have a bunch of different activities that you can do. And this was one of them. And um, they, when they talk about this, there's actually a podcast about the, these 36 questions. And I listened to this podcast and um, that's how I learned about them. 
but they, they say you want to fall in love with someone in 45 minutes. So imagine that it's just you and one other person answering these questions back and forth and you don't have the one minute timer. Um, like I said, Dean and I did this in a car driving and we, we both ended up crying over some of the self-realizations that we had and the things that we learned about each other. It, it can get pretty intense, but. Well, then I think the challenge to our listeners should be to check out Greater Good in Action and pick an activity and maybe grow closer to someone that you don't know very well or someone that you love with all your heart already. Sirens, this has been such an amazing episode. I always love it when we answer questions about each other and get to know each other a little deeper. And so this has been a real, um, a real fun 45 minutes or so for me. Thank you for that. And thank you, fellow explorers, for listening to this episode. Make sure you check out our website, sirensoapbox.com. You'll find a link to this activity on our blog. And you'll also find a link to the YouTube video of this recording so that you can see all of the, uh, the teary faces if you want. There weren't very many, but whatever. And until next time, my friends, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.